to another great edition of Strong Style, our show all about MMA and pro wrestling from the week that was. I am Jeremy the Impact York from Impact Media. Welcome. I don't say welcome a lot, but welcome. We absolutely just... We're just stoked at this point that so much has went on and that you want to tune in to hear us talk about it. Now, of course, if you want to find us on any of our social media channels, we are on Facebook if you look for Sports Club. We are on, or not Sports Club, at what we used to be, um, Impact Media, the Impact Media, any of that should pull us up. Of course, you can find me, Jeremy York, on there as well. Um, at the Impact 99 on Twitter and Instagram, and also Team Impact Media on Twitter. Um, hey, I'm on LinkedIn if you want to find me on there too. That's cool. And you can also download this podcast in iTunes, I think Spotify. You, you can find this almost practically, I think you can find this practically everywhere that you can download a podcast. And if you want to leave us reviews, questions, comments, suggestions, ratings, that would be fantastic. Now, that being said, let's get into the action, right? All right, I want to start with Monday Night Raw. Of course, that would be from last Monday because this Monday Night Raw is um, should be should be on your television about the time we are uh, recording this. Uh, but last week, uh, of course, we had the second night of the draft. Honestly, I think they should include NXT with this, but they didn't. And and I get it. It'd be kind of weird for somebody to get drafted to NXT, but there's a couple people that, that could definitely benefit from that. Uh, but anyway, uh, in the first round of the of the uh, second night here, uh, the fiend. Randy Orton and Charlotte are all going to Raw, or staying there, rather, some of them, uh, while Bailey and the Street Profits are going to SmackDown. Street Profits. I, I, I think SmackDown's a good home for them. They've done a lot of stuff on Raw, but they get fresh opponents, a couple couple uh, uh, different matchups there, I, I think. Uh, you know, because basically what you're doing is you're sending... Um, Two-thirds of the New Day, technically, but uh, you're sending the New Day to Raw, sending the Street Profits to SmackDown, shakes it up a little bit, that's fine. You know, because you could get Street Profits, if they've got uh, the Usos as soon as they quit getting beat up by their cousin, you know, things like that. You know, there's, some, there's some fun matchups that we can get into. Uh, as far as matchups, it was a no-DQ match between Aleister Black and Kevin Owens. I really wish this 
feud would be over, but um, as we'll get into later, they're still on the same shelf. But KO gets the win in this one, as he should. I, I, I just don't get it. I think they've run out of stuff for Alistair to do, and they don't know what to do with him. So they put him against the other guy that they have. Uh, uh, they, they occasionally push, but not as much as they should. In, uh, in Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens gets to victory in that. I, I just don't know why why KO is not in the title picture. But um, being on the show that I'm about to tell you that he is on, maybe we see it. It's uh, it's it's the one I would put up there. He's, I know you're trying to establish the champion over there, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, we have the second round of the draft. Raw is going to have Braun Strowman. They're going to have Matt Riddle. And they're going to have Jeff Hardy. Yeah, I think the, the real draw there is Braun. But uh, he's he's in that weird that weird monster phase where he's not really doing much, but just uh, kind of big show Kane stuff. He just kind of comes out, has good matches, but it's not really in anything. And then SmackDown, you get KO and uh, Daniel Bryan. I'm pretty sure Daniel Bryan's helped book SmackDown, so that makes a lot of sense. On top of, there is some stuff he, he does later on SmackDown, when I get to it, that um, it makes sense. They uh, they make sense. You, there's a lot you can do with, with Daniel Bryan. Uh, he's, he's a good talent, whether he's in the back, whether he's managing, whether he is uh, a general manager, or whether he's an in-ring talent. Dude can still go. But him and KO are going to SmackDown. Um, let's see. Then they had, uh, there was some other stuff. This is, I only put the important stuff on here. They had another round of the draft, the third round, where Retribution, Keith Lee, and Alexa Bliss are all on Raw now, which means The Fiend and Alexa Bliss are going to continue um, their shenanigans. That should be a lot of fun. Retribution, of course. You don't put them on SmackDown. Raw makes better sense. You have more room for them. Um, and let's see, in that round, SmackDown got Lars Sullivan, who will make an impact when we get there in a minute, and uh, King Corbin. I think King Corbin getting away from Matt Riddle is a good thing, because him jobbing out to him every other time is, is not helping Corbin. Now, of course, we had a match that was Seth Rollins. It was kind of his farewell against AJ Styles against Jeff Hardy. AJ gets the win in this one, as he should, because Rollins is going to a different show. And uh, AJ is better than Jeff Hardy. Always has been. Will continue to be no matter what. And uh, then we have the return of Elias, who who took out Jeff Hardy after the match. Good to see Elias back. Now, a lot of people would say, well, Jeff Hardy's on Raw. Uh, you know, good thing is he won't have to deal with Elias. Well, in the fourth run of the draft, Raw gets Elias, Lacey Evans, and Sheamus. Samus and Elias, that could be interesting. And SmackDown gets Sami Zayn and Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro. Basically retains those three, and, and I don't think that's a bad thing at all. I like where they're at. Uh, we kind of had the blow-off match finally. It looks like not only are these two going to split and, and officially be done with each other, but it also looks like uh, their manager, Zelina Vega, is done with them as well. Um, Angel Garza got the victory over Andrade. I know they pushed Andrade there for a while, but Angel Garza is the better talent moving forward, I think. I, I like both of them. But um, for now, 
Angel Garza gets the win there over Andrade. We have the fifth round of the draft. Raw gets Nikki Cross, R-Truth, and Dabo Kato. Who is that big guy that did the underground stuff? I, I don't know. Okay. So far, all I've seen him do is, is attack people. What else is new? And SmackDown is going to get Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode and also Apollo Crews. Uh, you had New Day, basically. Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston beat Robert Roode and Ziggler, of course, in their last match. Uh, they could have won the Raw Tag Team Championships and took them over there with them, but they did not, and so they will be heading to SmackDown. Ricochet got a victory over Cedric Alexander. Uh, Ricochet actually used the Eddie Guerrero trick of um, tossing a weapon to your opponent and falling down and acting like you got smashed in the face with it which ultimately got him the DQ victory. He was able to get away from the Hurt business, and uh, Ricochet picks up the, the fun victory. Anytime you can do an Eddie Guerrero, uh, I don't know where that, that was. That was a, a good nod because I know that was one of his favorites as well, as long as it was mine too. One of them. Uh, sixth round of the draft, Raw is going to get Titus O'Neil, who we weren't sure was still with the company. Good for him. He does a lot of great goodwill things. Uh, Peyton Royce is going to stay on Raw. She's going to be a force to deal with moving forward. And uh, Tazawa is also staying on Raw. Uh, remember, I said our truth staying on Raw, so we're going to get more of that 24/7 stuff going. On. It's fun. It's it's a fun change up. It's kind of a comic relief, but it's also interesting to see the different ways they write up write it up. And uh, SmackDown is getting Carmella and Aleister Black. Yep, KO and Aleister Black are still in the same show. <sighs> Just. Makes no sense. And then they had a Raw SmackDown Women's Battle Royal to determine a future title shot, to which Lana won. Now, I thought maybe Lana was going to get punished a little bit because of all the things that Rusev, a.k.a. Miro, who, who is in AEW, he has blasted WWE on his way out the door once he was out the door, and once he gets to his new gig at AEW, he blasts him every chance he gets. You would kind of think there would be some backlash, but uh, there's kind of a, a growing thought that Lana could be pushed going forward. So that uh, that could be interesting. But that was uh, the end of Raw. Uh, that was you know good for Lana. We'll, we'll see. Her wrestling has come around, whether it's Natalia or whoever else is working with her. Her wrestling has, has gotten better. She's uh, not a liability in the ring like some of the ones they actually do have, but... Uh, you know, we'll we'll see what they do. She, I don't think she's going to beat Ashka. That that would be crazy. Uh, let's move to Tuesday night, which means Impact Wrestling. No, we're not affiliated. Although we should be. Just put that in. Uh, Fallout Boy took on Crazy Steve. Uh, there was this weird thing where Fallout Boy had a stash of cash. Stash of cash under his shirt while he was wrestling, and Crazy Steve was trying to get to it. And uh, at one point, Crazy Steve like uh, pulled his shirt up so that Falaba would grab the money, and he rolled up Falaba. And yeah, it's uh, yeah, I'm not. I don't know if they throw 
you know, remember that game of carnivals where there'd be balloons, you throw darts at them, you could win various prizes depending on which one you broke. I kind of figured, I kind of think that's how Impact Wrestling sometimes writes storylines. Put a lot of them on a board and just whichever one the dart hits. So that's what they did there. Those are two great talents. Crazy Steve is a, a really, really good mechanic in the ring. Plus, he's got a little bit of pizzazz and and, and um, personality. On top of follow by, it ain't always good for as big as he is. No, he's good. Followed by is a, is a good talent, and uh, he's a fan favorite. So why do these things? I don't know. They had a uh, multi-person mixed tag match for the, the gauntlet number two. Basically, it was call your shot. Um, there are people on either side. The winning team is going to go against each other, I believe, next week or two weeks at a pay-per-view. I don't know. Sometime in the future, the winning team will go at it. And as they go at it, uh, if you win, then you get to call your shot. You can call a tag shot. Uh, uh, you know, this is way better than the, the briefcase battle royal, whatever they used to do. Feast or fire, which... Could make a return because, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up. I was never a big fan of, of that kind of uh, stick something on a pole match. Especially after, like, Judy Bagwell, who I've actually met and talked to before in my life. Uh, that Judy Bagwell was on a pole match in that. Uh, just, yeah, dumb. Uh, but the winning team of that one was uh, Alicia Edwards. Rhino, Heath, can't call him Heath Slater, Heath, uh, Hernandez, and Cousin Jake. Oddly enough, uh, Cody Diener was on the other side. That was kind of an interesting thing there. It was a random draw, they said, even though Rhino and Heath ended up on the same team. Okay. But uh, those, those one, two, three, four, five people will face in the coming weeks to see who can call the shot. Uh, they're They're kind of... Featuring Kylie Ray, who is the number one contender for the women's title. They're featuring a mean streak that she has where she just kind of not really flips out, but she just gets really aggressive when she puts on this, uh, this cross face type move. So um, I, I, I really don't know because her, her super kind of happy go lucky. Thing is is actually the breath of fresh air that they've needed over there. Uh, you know, they tried to do it a little bit with Susie, and it's and it's okay too, but apparently Susie's arm got kayfabe broken. I don't know. But either way, they're they're featuring Kylie Ray and her mean streak, and uh, then Impact Wrestling it ended. Not just ended it, but it ended with EC3 and Moose fighting each other on a bridge for the old heavyweight title that doesn't, I don't think it means anything, but it's the only way Moose has become champion over there outside of that little five-minute match they used to have where you had judges and stuff like that. Unless he changes the condition and he can't wrestle more than 10 minutes without just completely being out of it. And this guy used to play in the NFL. And I just, I don't get it. I just really don't get it. But uh, it goes off the air with, with eventually Moose getting the best of EC3 and getting his title and walking off the bridge. But EC3 just kind of grinning 
EC3, oddly enough, also showed up on Ring of Honor television this week. So, we'll, we'll I, you know, Impact Wrestling never, or even when they were TNA, never had much of an issue. There was a couple little hiccups here and there where they had it out with Ring of Honor, mostly because they were stealing Ring of Honor talent and not helping Ring of Honor out with that at all. The talent exchange is fine, but it uh, looks like EC3 has found himself on both shows. We will see if he uh, looks like he's drawing a similar gimmick on both. We'll see. We'll see how that works. Uh, we'll get to them in a minute. Um, up next Wednesday, I did something different. I watched AEW first. Usually I watch NXT first because it only comes on once. AEW comes on multiple times. You can usually, it's easier to catch in case you miss the first one. But what's AEW? Uh, they opened up with Best Friends versus FTR, a.k.a. two of the best teams they have, and they have some killer teams. But this was a, a great match. Best Friends, to me, are, are one of my favorites in the world. FTR is mechanically and technically sound and one of the best they retain their titles uh and just yeah i mean you're going to open a pay-per-view with a great you know probably your second best match you open the show with probably your first or second best match here and and it's it 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 lived up to the bill it's the second best match all night well yeah i would say this is second best i'll tell you the first and the third here in a minute uh miro and Kip Sabian took on two random people. They ran over them like it was nothing. In fact, Miro did most of the damage. Kip took the, uh, the kind of pin. Uh, they're kind of pushing these two, which is fine. But it's it's kind of a crowded tag scene. And I think they're better off just being Kip and Henchman Miro than they are trying to be a, an actual team. But eh, works for now, so is what it is. Um, MJF and Jericho. This to me, it's like Jericho passing the torch because MJF is one of those guys going forward. We say that all the time, um, but their exchanges are hilarious. It reminds me of Jericho Rock, of Jericho, a lot of other people from back in the day. That is just is just comedic gold, and it's just wrestling one hundred and one. Eventually, they'll have a blow off match of some kind, but for now. It's it's just fun to watch them kind of jab at each other verbally. It's really good. Uh, Orange Cassidy took on Cody for the TNT Championship. And in the first time in the history of the championship, Cody is going to retain the championship because of a time limit draw. And Orange Cassidy took him to the edge. There was a chance if there were... 10 or 15, maybe 10, eight more seconds left in the match. Orange Cassidy, Orange Cassidy could have won. He, he was straight up bringing it. This is the top I've ever seen Orange Cassidy. He's a real good showman and wrestler anyway, but him and Cody have got some killer, killer chemistry. But like I said, Cody retains. Uh, Darby Allen was up in the top deck of the stadium. You know, half painted up like he always is with his, with his face paint and everything. Kind of, kind of doing this weird sting crow thing. wasn't wearing a jacket or nothing like that. But he just hmm, seems like they're trying to push that sting vibe. And he's not that he's not that kind of wrestler. He, he's a, a different new age style wrestler, and you need to keep pushing him as the uh, the kind of skateboard riding punk rocker metalhead. That that kind of guy, kind of dark 
almost gothish in a way. I know gothic is probably the word, but gothish is what we're going with. But, um, you know, you got to give Darby something to do because it, it, he keeps beating everybody you're putting in front of him. So unless you're going to push him for a title, you got to pretty much let it go. Uh, they had a four-way tag draw where they had all the teams out there. They drew – basically what it is, they drew four teams that are going to face each other, I guess, in order to determine the number one contender for FTR. But you had Private Party who are, like, the better version of the Street Profits. And the Street Profits are okay. I don't have a problem with them. I like Private Party better. They seem more cohesive and easier to get behind, less gimmicky. Uh, the team of Silver and Riddles from Dark Order was the second team. The third team was the Butcher and the Blade. And Tony Schiavone was not excited when he pulled out the Young Bucks name. As number four, Young Bucks just proceeded to have a super kick party, and and uh, they kind of, everybody kind of battled for a minute until it went to the back. Um, FTR Young Bucks could be good, but I think Private Party is going to be first up. I think we're going to see the Young Bucks do some other stuff first, which is what I think they should do. But we'll see. You you never know. What they could actually do here. Uh, let's see. Hikaru Shida retained her championship against Big Swole. Big Swole is a pretty good wrestler. I, I'll give her credit, and uh, she's different. Um, but she's she's not in Shida's range right now. And uh, early title shot is one thing. Which is nice to give to give her kind of the nod because she's been doing some good things. Big Swole beating uh, Brit, Dr. Britt Baker and people like that, or which some good wins. And showing that she has the potential to potentially be up there on top. But nah. if Thunder Rosa is not going to beat her, not going to beat Sheeta, then Big Swole isn't either. And then lastly, uh, Lance Archer took on John Moxley for the world title. It was title heavy night and it was great. But uh, Moxley retains. This is a really good. It's a big, brutal match. But to be the main event, I, I, I got to give it third best match. That was third. I think um, I think Best Friends FTR was two. And I think Orange Cassidy Cody stole the show. It was just that good. Uh, and, it, and it was, I believe it was a, a roll-up that uh, John Moxley retained with on, on Archer, which he is a smaller guy, but okay. So then who's going to beat? I, I thought Archer could be somebody you could even temporarily put the title on to give Moxley a break, but I, I don't know who else you're going to push up there. Brian Cage, maybe, but he, he hasn't done much in the last couple of weeks. There's there's not really anybody. like MJF would have been the one I would have thought, but you had him lose to him as well. At some point, Moxley's going to lose and it's going to make a star out of somebody. I just don't see that they're lining up that person. So, and sorry for that. If there is a glitch and uh, it sounds different, I had to change uh, locales. Had some uh, <laughs> some out and outside noise there that uh, was uh, about to make it difficult for you guys to hear me, but. Uh, last thing I said before I get to NXT, like I said, I would say 
Cody Orange Cassidy was the top match of the night in AEW. Best Friends FTR number two, Moxley Archer number three. Although Archer, man, I man, I, I really had a feeling that maybe they would uh, move the title there just for a minute, and they ended up not. NXT, it was super loaded too. I would say AEW is the best ever this week. NXT was number two. Um, probably Ring of Honor number three. It, we'll get to that in a minute. But on NXT, they opened up with Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch, one of my favorite tag teams down there. I guess Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish. I've been a Fish fan for a long, long time. Um, I'm pretty sure Strong and Fish won that. I did not actually write it down. But um, at the same time, this was this was just classic tag team. If if you just want to go back and see two of the best teams down there, uh, any of the undisputed era when they tag when they uh, get together is is one thing. But this was it, it was just a good match. Only Lorcan and Danny Burch, you know, uh, they had to move them on from. They were probably going to do something Rich Holland up until he uh, he had that leg injury last week. But having them take on Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish. Definitely a good way to open the show, just like Best Friends FTR and AEW. Um, Austin Theory took on Johnny Gargano. Austin Theory, who you can tell they they really like this kid. They really like him a lot and want to do some good things with him. But Johnny Wrestling, man, Johnny Wrestling is is uh, looks like he is he is on a fast track to jump right back into uh, a big time picture. And uh, he he beats Austin Theory here. Uh, Candice LeRae took on Shotzi Blackheart for the number one contendership, and uh, this this is pretty good. Shotzi is uh, a lot of people think she's just tanking green hair gimmick, and no, Shotzi can wrestle. She can straight up wrestle, and uh, she comes up short here because Candice LeRae is just too good. Um, as far as best female heel in the WWE. Uh, LeRae is probably number two, right behind Bad Bailey. But uh, I can't. Bad Bailey is great. But Candice LeRae has been doing it for so many years. Um, she used to be in a mixed tag with Joey Ryan, one of my favorite indie guys. Uh, she just she does so many things that hopefully she's doing a little bit of training down there and teaching some of these other girls some of the things she knows because she is just a wealth of of knowledge and skill. And between her and Gargano, it's it's. I don't know of a couple in wrestling that that currently that has as much skill and talent as as those two. But like I said, Larray is the number one contender going forward. Uh, we had seen the return of Tony Storm that was around a couple years ago. She got the win over Aaliyah. I think that officially means everybody on the roster has a win over Aaliyah. Aaliyah is pretty good. Uh, she seems to be kind of. Cannon fodder for some people, but uh, you know, Aaliyah's a, a good worker, and you can tell. And a lot of people like working with her. And Tony coming back like this, she may have requested to work with her, and and it was a good match. It really was. You had Imperium versus Drake Maverick and Killian Dane, and the uh, Timon and Pumbaa tag team, as I like to call them. And uh, Imperium actually gets the win here. Imperium's a good team. Uh, and at the end of the match, I. Forgot the team last week that uh, Drake and, and Killian Dane beat came out to make fun of them for losing to Imperium. 
and Killian Dane took them out like they were peons, which they kind of are. And then in the main event, you had Dexter Loomis versus Damian Priest for the North American Championship. Priest ends up getting the victory after Cameron Grimes comes out and interferes. I don't know what he's got against Dexter Loomis, and I hate it in this case because I think Loomis would have beat Damian Priest, but um, a lot of stuff happened right after that. Damian Priest is a good guy going forward. I remember him just a couple years ago. was in the Ring of Honor in the Prospect Tournament, and they kept him for a minute until WWE saw him and went, no, we got to have him. So uh, he made the jump there. Priest is the North American champion. I, I don't have a problem with I I like it. I think he'll hang on to it until they are ready to either make him world champion down there or until they want to move him up for a minute because there, there are places he could go. Uh, let's see. That leads us to SmackDown, where it opened up with Triple H and Stephanie, uh, the the big power couple out front. They uh, they had a, a lot of the superstars out on the ramp because it was the season premiere of SmackDown. The season premiere of Raw apparently is tonight. Um, let's see. You know they have all the fans that are watching at home. You can see on the screens. Well, they pointed out various people throughout the night to start with. They they showed that J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T-T Jeff Jarrett was one of the people watching from home, which I thought was was really cool. Did that somebody like like a Jeff Jarrett could be watching at home like this? I could see where they could use this for angles where somebody is supposedly hurt or injured or unable to be there that night that they watch on the screen. You know, like a Randy Orton could give a sinister look as he's watching uh, an, an opponent in a match or something like that. I could really see that happen. I, I, I see them. They're starting to push the envelope on this. I like it. Use it to your advantage. Because you could actually do it from backstage. You, you don't have no idea where these people are when they're on camera. I tell people all the time, you'd be surprised the places that I know podcasts have been recorded. It's... Uh, it's really just kind of crazy. Okay. Making sure that the computer was showing me some weird stuff. I was making sure that uh, we were... So good to go with you guys there, which we are. Uh, let's see, where was uh they, they come out, said some cool stuff was going on, all that. Uh, the opening match was Lars Sullivan versus Jeff Hardy. And heck yeah, not a big Lars Sullivan fan. He is like poor man Snitsky. I like Snitsky. But uh, Lars Sullivan gets the win over Jeff Hardy. You go, dude. Not many people get to beat Jeff Hardy, so be glad you're one of them. And it was the perfect thing to do because Jeff Hardy is still Jeff Hardy, and Lars Sullivan needed the win after joining SmackDown. Uh, we had the New Day for the last time for a little bit, or until they get bored and put them all back together. All three members 
Kofi Biggie and Xavier Woods took on Sheamus Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. New Day gets the win, of course, in the uh, in the farewell match. Basically, I said there, there's some big things coming for uh, not only Kofi and Woods on Raw, but for Biggie, he's going to be in a title contention. I think by the end of the year, and and he needs to be. We we saw this other side of his personality. It's time for him to uh, do some some big things on his own now. Daniel Bryan came out. Uh, they showed uh, Brie Bella, his wife, and and his little kid was one of the um, things in the in the audience. The um, one of the screens. Like once again, they they're doing some cool stuff with that, and and I like that. Uh, he's interrupted by now the Friday Night Messiah or whatever he's going to call himself. Seth Rollins comes out, to which then the Mysterios come out, to which Murphy comes out. And takes out Seth and then tries to shake the hand of the Mysterios. Dominic shakes his head and leaves and Ray says the same thing. But it uh, looks like Murphy Seth is is going to be a thing of the past. Uh, we have the Street Profits versus Rude and Ziggler. This ended up being a no contest. Uh, I think they don't want to get into this feud quite yet. But it was a no contest because it was just total chaos. And for four people who actually know how to wrestle, it was just kind of a beat him up type thing. Braun took on Roman for the Universal Championship. Roman has learned something. I don't know if Brock taught him this or if he's been learning this on his own, but he won by a guillotine, a version of the guillotine choke that you use in MMA. Are we now going to see Roman Reigns start to be kind of a Brock Lesnar, a little bit of an MMA style type thing a little bit. I, I don't have a problem with that, but he retains with the guillotine, and I thought that was a good move. But once again, Roman retains. Um, there's this weird thing with Paul Heyman and Daniel Cormier where they're going back and forth. I think at some point we're going to see Daniel Cormier at a WrestleMania. I don't know if he's going to face Brock. Um, if Roman's not champ, then I could see it there. Uh, Booker T tried to start something with Cormier, and that kind of fell apart now. So uh, it seems like Cormier is is trying to talk up some way into uh, just a one-off match, more than likely. At one point, he was going to join the WWE after he left UFC, and this was going to be a couple years ago. But he said on a on uh, his DC and Helwani podcast the other day, which I highly recommend, that the reason why that didn't happen was because he wanted creative control over his character on on screen, and they were like, we don't do that. And so he didn't sign. I, I, I've heard some other people, uh, Kane Velasquez, some other ones are, are uh, potentially in talks for different things. But, um, you know, creative control it is a lot. And it's because it's Cormier has a reputation in and out of the octagon and doesn't want to suddenly come out in a pink bunny costume. And I get it because his brand in and out of the sport is his brand. He, he doesn't want to tarnish things he's done just because it's something the WWE thinks can make them money. I get it. WWE's got their model and there's a reason why it works. And WWE's for some people and sometimes they're not. So we'll see if they do a one-off. We'll see what they do with those kinds of things. But at the end of the day, um, all I'm hearing is, is talk from Heyman and talk from Cormier. We'll, we'll see if anything becomes of it. 
Uh, let's see, Ring of Honor, told you about it, in the semifinals for the right to take on Jay Lethal next week. You have Tracy Williams, Hot Sauce, Tracy Williams, I think. I don't get it. I don't get the nickname. I don't. But uh, he, he's a real good wrestler. He's a real good striker. His strikes remind me of CM Punk to a little bit, although they seem a little stiffer. But Tracy Williams took on Fred Yehi. Fred, man, he, he was impressive. He beat Silas in the first round. And now uh, he had a chance to beat Tracy, but uh, Tracy ends up getting him to tap out. And uh, Fred had a, had, a, had a big tournament, and there's a good chance we will see Fred Yehi in, uh, in, in Ring of Honor very, very soon. Uh, Josh the Good Wood, Goods Woods, who is my pick to win the tournament, was my pick to start with. Uh, took uh, had Silas Young come out with him. PJ Black, along with Brian Johnson, with him came out. Uh, PJ Black is is fantastic. I, I've been a fan of his since he was uh, wrestling under Justin Gabriel as uh, in WWE. Uh, but he is he is such more evolved now into just a, a fantastic wrestler. Does I mean he can he can strike he can do high flying he can do wrestling he can do uh, submissions he can just do everything and uh, him and Josh Woods took you through the woodshed and back um, the woodshed's probably not standing anymore it might even be on fire who knows but Josh Woods ends up with the win here so we're gonna get next week we're gonna get Jay Lethal versus Tracy Williams as a semifinal match and we're gonna get Josh the Goods Woods. Against Jonathan Gresham. Atlanta's own Jonathan Gresham. I remember when he was training. I saw him in Atlanta. And that dude has always been polished and good. And he is so good now. Uh, Woods is going to have a, have a. He's going to have a, an uphill battle. Because um, him and Tracy Williams. Will be an interesting matchup. Um, I think that's more of a coin flippish. It just depends on who gets the upper hand. Uh, him versus Jonathan Gresham, he is going to have to withstand some holds, and he's going to have to find counters to some. His MMA background, I think, will help him. I think his strikes will be what helps him the most and his wrestling ability. But if Josh Woods advances past Gresham and gets Jay Lethal, wow, it's either a passing the torch moment or it's a woodshed moment. And uh, it could be a pass on the torch. Josh Goods, Josh the Goods Woods here, Josh Woods for pure champion. I think that would take it in a a, a good pure style, I mean, with that lack of a better way to say it, in, in a pure direction. Um, whether Tracy Williams gets it or whether Josh Woods were to get it, it would take it into a, a, a different direction than it's been before. And it would be a good leg up for either one of them. And uh, I kind of hope one of those two win it. I'm a big fan of Lethal. I'm a big fan of of Gresham. I'm actually a big fan of Woods. I, I, I think Josh Woods would be the one I think I would want to put it on. Uh, now, that being said, let's go to Bellator 249. I didn't, I didn't do all the big fights. I just did uh, the ones I think you should know about. My UFC stuff ready there. Um, of course, in the main event, Arlena Blinkow 
in the flyweight division took on the the flyweight women's champion Chris Cyborg, who gets her first submission victory of her career. I was surprised by that too. I thought she would have had one by now, or that she did have one by now. But now she does. So, guys, congratulations, Cyborg. I would think Kat Zangano would be one pretty close to in line, if not next in line. We get to see Kat versus versus Cyborg. Sign me up. Uh, let's see. That was uh, submission in round number two. It was a rear naked choke. Uh, Leandro Higo defeated Ricky Bandejas by submission with a rear naked choke in the second round for his victory. Uh, Steve Mowry had the TKO victory in round number one against Sean, uh, Sean Teed. Um, and then you had Andrew Koppel who had the TKO round two victory. Thanks to a doctor stoppage over Joseph Creer. Hey, that's that's uh, that's doing the that's the doctor doing his job. If the doctor deems you unable to compete, then you don't need to compete. Of course, you can see Bellator events on uh, there's all kinds of other streaming options and such, but you can see them on the CBS Sports Network uh, on most cable and satellite packages. I'm pretty sure. I feel like Netflix or Hulu have them as well, but I, without looking them up, I couldn't tell you which. Well, let's move to UFC Fight Night. Big win for Saeed Nurmagomedov. Hope I said that right. Or Mark Streak. It was a TKO in the in the bantamweight division, round number one, 51 seconds in. That's how you start a fight night. Jun Young Park. Big victory over John Phillips. It was a unanimous decision in the middleweight middleweight division. Jillian Robertson continues her big surge, the big Canadian. Oh, Canada, I stand on guard for thee. If Jillian Robinson's guarding you, ain't nobody getting to you. She beats Pollyanna Botello, unanimous decision in the flyweight division. You had Jessica Andrade took on Caitlin. Uh, yes, yeah, Caitlin uh, Chukigan. Jessica Andrade with the big victory there. It was a KO in round number one, four minutes and 55 seconds in. And lastly, in the main event, Brian Ortega with the big win and the new haircut over the Korean zombie unanimous decision in the flyweight division. Man, they brought it. Man, did they bring it. Now, upcoming UFC, I think Bellator's got a couple more weeks before they have an event. Upcoming UFC is UFC 254. That is this weekend, October the 24th. We'll get into the main event here in a second. I'm just going to go over um, the 13 matches real quickly. Had, in the lightweight division, you have Joel... Alvarez, who is the slight favorite over Alexander Yakovlev. In the cat in a catch weight, 
You have Nathaniel Wood, who is the slight underdog to Casey Kenny. In the women's flyweight, you have Liana Joju versus Miranda Maverick, with uh, Miranda being the, the slightly heavy favorite. You never know. And uh, my page reset, so you have to give me a second. Okay, let me fix this connection real quick. I don't know what it is. I'm like picking up some like plain Wi-Fi or something like that. I don't know. That uh make it a little weird. But okay, there we go. Lil Liana shows you. Uh, Miranda Maverick, like I said, Miranda being the uh, slightly heavy favorite there. Uh, Umar Nemeganov. Um, I think he come down with, I don't think he's, I don't know if he has a virus or got sick, but uh, he is the heavy favorite over Sergei Morozov uh, coming up. These are all on ESPN Plus, by the way. Uh, on top of, once we get to the pay-per-view, you can uh, order it there. Um, but if Umar is still going to fight, he is the heavy, heavy favorite. In uh, that bantamweight match there. In the lightweight division, you have Sam Alvey, who is a slight dog to Dayon Jung. In the welterweight division, Alex, not X, maybe it could be something for him. Alex Oliveira is going to take on Shavkat Rachmanov. Oliveira with the slight, slight favorite. It is uh, it's pretty close. In the heavyweight division, Stefan Struve is going to take on Ty Tavasa. That's pretty much a pick 'em right there. It's it's pretty close as well. Uh, in the lightweight division, you have Ion Kudalaba, who is the slight dog to Magomed Ekalev. In the women's flyweight, you have Lilia Shakiro, Shakirova taking on Lauren Murphy. This is, uh, they had to, uh, we're on to the pay-per-view now as of uh, the last fight. Uh, Lauren Murphy was supposed to take on somebody else, and uh, she had to pull out. I can't remember if she tested positive for the virus, or her opponent did, or or it was an injury. But uh, Lauren Murphy uh, is the favorite there, as she should be. She has been on a roll lately. Uh, in the middleweight, Division, you have Jacob Malkoon, who is a slight underdog to Philip Hawes. You have Alexander Volkov taking on Walt Harris in the heavyweight division. Those two will throw down, and it's a pretty much a coin flip there. 
I mean, I like Volkov, honestly, but uh, you, you can't sleep on Walt Harris either. Middleweight division in the co-main event, Roger, or not Roger, Robert Whitaker. Can't read the screen for some reason today. Robert Whitaker is taking on Jared Conier. And then in the light heavyweight main event title fight, Justin Gagey, Gagey is going to take on, he's a slight underdog, Khabib Nurmagomedov. Or Nurmag. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. Khabib, uh, who is 28-0-0. A lot of people think he's going to quit after 30 if he gets there. Justin Gagey. Gagey is um, looking to put a stop to that, and good chance he could. But uh, before I fumble over any more names, or before we get interrupted by a train, plane, automobile, um, dinosaur, volcano eruption, I, I don't know. Um, before any of that happens, that's going to do it for me. Appreciate you guys tuned in to another great edition of Strong Style. I promise you guys that uh, the return of the sports show will be later this week. Might even be tomorrow. Who knows? But I'm Jeremy the Impact Gork. We will see you guys next week. Remember, you can follow us on all the social medias. We told you guys that at the beginning of the show. We'll see you guys next week. Deuces, gooses.